Hey, and welcome to the next Docs Who Lift podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Spencer Nadolsky. I got my co-host here, Dr. Carl Nadolsky Jr. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about the recent study that came out that compared the effects of a daily chronic caloric restriction type of diet to that of a calorically restricted, uh, time-restricted feeding or time-restricted eating pattern that just came out in the New England Journal. Uh, a bunch of people were talking about it last week, the, the intermittent fasting. Uh, I would call them zealots. They were all, they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, it, you know, they kind of looked like the conspiracy theory, uh, Charlie from, from Always Sunny. I don't even watch this show, but it's a meme that I always use, kind of like pointing all over the place, trying to show why the study was worthless or, or whatever, why it didn't work. Um, I didn't even know where that was from. Uh, what, the one where he's yeah, doing I, all the calculations? He's, he's kind of pointing crazy calculations. Looks, yeah, yeah. He's he looks kind of crazy. He's kind of pointing, and I, I use it all the time. And that, it's that's probably where you've seen it. So, but yeah, yeah, it is where I see it. I just didn't know where it was from originally. So yeah, I've never seen the show. Now, now uh, he's trying to explain how uh, how the study was wrong. Yeah, right? and, you know, <laughs> um, we're going to go over the pra practical implications. So maybe, uh, Doctor Carl, could you go over yeah. just the the brief well, of the but, study? Yeah, well, let's first talk about, because we haven't in our discussions talked a lot about intermittent fasting and time-restricted feeding anyway. So what are those? And why are people even talking about them? So in our space, these are different methods of uh, dietary efforts to treat obesity and obesity-related complications. So just a few basics. Um, intermittent fasting, basically, is a term used for different dietary efforts where people will often do say every other day, they just won't eat much. Oftentimes 500 calories or fewer. Is that your interpretation also? Like alternate day, that's a kind of an alternate that's a, day That's fasting an alternate style. day intermittent fast. And then there are, uh, the other common one studied for intermittent fasting is, you know, five days of normal dietary intake versus two that are kind of fasting zero to 500 calories a day. Those have been studied a lot. The other version that we're going to talk about mostly today is the time-restricted feeding, where what we call ad libitum, meaning you kind of eat what you usually would up to what you want, um, is restricted. You force yourself to only eat in a certain amount of time. And, and the ways these have been studied matter for what the study is going to talk about. Um, but basically, you know, if you get up and you eat breakfast at 6 a.m. and and you eat a snack at, at uh, you know, 10 p.m., that's not a lot of time to fast between 10 p.m. and, and 6 a.m. And so what these uh, dietary efforts do, plans do, is they, they restrict your time to, say, maybe you only eat between 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. or something like that, a 7, 8, 9, 10-hour window. The bottom line yeah. is, For most what of us, can these do? Most of us are... <laughs> But the, some other people, so the, 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 most of us are in the fed state during the day. We only go, you know, three, five hours without eating. Uh, proponents of fasting say that we have to have much longer periods uh, of time and, and not just overnight of, of periods to let our guts rest, to let our, 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 our certain molecular changes in our muscles and, and everywhere in our body change for health purposes and maybe for hormonal purposes for weight loss. So, and there's multiple yeah. ways of doing this. Well, uh, and, 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 you know, and, and also beyond just weight loss and, and metabolic health, they, there are purported 
uh, benefits for even mental health. I think if you look at a, if people who want to read a real sciencey sort of review, there was a New England Journal of Medicine review on different types of fasting and the potential benefits on health and aging just from a couple of years ago, actually, that we could talk yeah, about. Yeah, that, that was 2019. Yeah. In fact, you know, just a real aside, some people are like, you need to read the, this study. This study shows it. It's, it's, it's a review. It's not a study. I wouldn't call it's, it's it a, a review of all the studies. Study. So that's what it's a review. And it's kind of, you know, it's expert opinion. Uh, in a little bit more of a formal way than listening to our podcast, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, okay. So what did this th what did this study look at? There are two two different groups. Yeah. They so basically, they they groups. randomized 139 patients uh, who have obesity to either a time restricted eating plan where they were only allowed to eat between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m., along with a planned caloric restriction, by the way, or a daily caloric restriction alone. And they did this for 12 months. Um, it was 15 to 1800 calories per day for men, 1200 to 1500 calories per day for women, which is a very common generic sort of estimated uh, energy plan for people. Um, and, and basically they just wanted to know the differences in, in weight change and waist circumference, most importantly, um, body fat and some other metabolic uh, risk factors. Now, <clears throat> yeah, you know, we, we could get all into the details of the study, um, but I think one important thing, um, and I'd have to look into the, the fine details, but their habitual, meaning their usual restricted window, I guess was only, it was already only about like 10 hours. So they weren't like eating 16 hours a day. You know what I mean? They weren't in the fed state 16 hours a day on average, but they went from like an average of 10 hours to eight hours, I think is what they said. And they did this for yeah, the 12 important months. distinction in this, though, I think the important distinction with this is that they both were specifically calorically restricted. Yeah. To so the there was already amount, a plan. And they wanted to see if adding, they wanted to see if adding the window in, which again, if it might have been a smaller window, not as much of a small window as some would want, but just adding that in, does it have uh, some other beneficial effect in terms of? total body weight loss and some of these other metabolic parameters. And in right. the end, they found what? not well, basically not statistically significant, but both groups lost weight actually. So at 12 months, and this is pretty good weight loss if, um, for people who have followed us online and we talk about how much weight people lose with lifestyle interventions. Um, on average, eight kilogram uh, weight lost in the uh, time-restricted group and six and a half kilograms in the non-time restricted group. Now that sounds did, like a did lot, they give but they a percentage weren't... of total body weight. Um, well, so their body, what's the, what's the starting, what's the starting, um, average, I guess, average weight. Cause that's, so we always right, talk about this five to 10% fat. weight loss. Pretty good. Uh, total body weight loss being pretty good. Uh, five to 10% with lifestyle, these newer drugs that we have, you know, they're starting to get up to 15 and now maybe yeah. over 20%, but, yeah. um, well, so, so, uh, so yeah, this, most, is a, this is pretty good. Yeah, no, it's pretty good because most, most uh, weight loss studies, it always seems like they're around 100 kilograms. So the kilogram usually is very similar to the percent weight loss. In this uh, specifically, they were about 88 uh, kilograms. So actually that amount of weight loss so it's getting, um, is like actually nine, pretty nine darn good. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, so people who do lifestyle interventions and think that, you know, dietary efforts don't work if done in a very intensive manner, 
they do work, at least in the short term. We know that the hormones work against people, and these are things we can talk about even uh, anecdotally, but um, with, with time-restricted feeding and intermittent fasting. But in this case, um, pretty darn good, good weight loss uh, for both groups. Now, it, it sounds like numerically the absolute average number was a little bit better in the time-restricted group. Um, it didn't meet statistical significance, meaning essentially the chance of that happening um, you know, is possible. And so the bottom line, the conclusion, is that the regimen of time-restricted eating was not necessarily more beneficial with regard to reduction in body weight, body fat, or any of the other metabolic risk factors they looked into um, than just the straight-up daily caloric restriction. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what, you, what I would expect is that, hey, it's mostly all energy balance. Uh, if you find that restricting yourself into a certain window of time, or, you know, if you're going to the alternate day fasting type of, of, of approach, if you look at an average energy balance over the week, um, and it's some, for some reason, the fasting or time restriction helps you eat fewer calories, you're going to lose weight. And I, I'm, I'm not convinced this study surely shows that the evidence there's not really not really much evidence to say that does any better for purely weight loss and probably metabolic uh, related um, conditions to weight um, that there's any, there's really any much benefit. So our kind of practical approach is like, Hey, some, I, I have patients, I have patients that try the daily chronic restricted type of diets, and then they go to mm -hmm. more of an intermittent fasting. If they are able to sustain it and they really buy into it, they find that it does work better for them in certain yeah. individuals. Some other people, I personally have tried it. I hate, it. I love breakfast. I like eating <laughs> a little bit of breakfast in the morning. I don't want to ruin social, like my wife and I would go out for breakfast and it's like, nope, can't, can't ruin my fast. Like that, that doesn't, <laughs> oh, uh, it doesn't matter for me, but for other people, um, other people, they might, it might fit into their lifestyle really well. Now, again, it's something that like, Hey, if, if, if they stop doing it, I have other patients that do well for a couple of years and they stop doing the whole time restricted, uh, feeding or alternate day type of, of approach, the five and two or whatever you want to say. Um, then they start regaining the weight cause they start eating more in the, in the periods that they were fasting before. So, um, <laughs> real practical approach is like, it's, it's probably mostly due to the energy, uh, restriction. Yeah. Overall and, energy balance. Yeah, and that's what um, all the different true, you know, intensive analyses have have said. The, this is a tool that that does work. So the meta analyses of them just by themselves really show that uh, you know time restricted feeding and and intermittent fasting result in a reduced energy intake and thus the resulting weight loss and the cardiometabolic benefits. Now, there have been a lot of animal studies in the past where they really got thinking, oh, hey, this, this, you know, the, the metabolic switch going from that fed state to being a little bit of keto, you know, get making some ketone bodies has some, you know, metabolic benefits. I think maybe in rats, maybe less so in mice, maybe some thoughts in primates. In humans, though, it's been a mixed bag. The studies have been fairly variable. We all know that obesity and uh, cardiometabolic risk is a problem uh, with, for chronic health in society. And, uh, and chronic caloric restriction is beneficial. Losing weight is beneficial. Doing it is easier said than done. We have hormones that work against us, want to make us want to eat more. But this is a tool to consider, which results in energy balance or energy uh, uh, deficit.
and helps with weight loss and cardiometabolic health. Whether it does a lot more, just really, really head to head, the the studies just don't really prove it. Right. So if you're calorically restricting regardless in during the whole day versus in a small window, probably not a huge uh, benefit. This one didn't see a statistical benefit. <laughs> you know, people can argue that there might be a trend in there somewhere, but. Um, Honestly, from a true practical standpoint, I don't see a, a major clinical significance uh, of doing it right. beyond if it helps you helps you do exactly. it. Exactly. And it. that's the thing. A lot of people do feel like it does. And and the yes. other thing with these is they they I you know, I go back to this all the time. These different dietary um sort of different strategies do not have to be mutually exclusive from each other. So we can be cutting carbs, cutting fat, eating more Mediterranean, whole foods, less processed, and we can still try some like intermittent fasting plans and time-restricted feeding plans. We can do it all in any individual uh, situation to personalize therapy that's going to help any person adhere to their efforts. That's the whole key. So I think that's that's always my most important takeaway when these studies show, eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I sent out an email. If you're listening, I, I got all your emails. I asked for questions for this podcast, and you got, and, and pretty much everybody had very similar. Are there health benefits beyond the energy restriction? Eh, in humans, eh, eh, eh I don't may, know. May, eh, maybe sure. some real subtle things, maybe. Maybe. At, at the most. Maybe, but it's going to be extremely but, hard to tease out the differences. Yeah. Because the, the, we, it, we, you know, we're, we're, we're a little bit uh, biased because we, we are obesity like metabolic we're looking at yeah. adiposity and most of this stuff comes from energy excess and adiposity yeah. remove that regardless if it's daily chronic restricted versus intermittent fasting different different types time restricted versus alternate day whatever you're doing it's coming from the energy excess you find a way to decrease the energy whether you're doing it in a time restricted fashion or alternate day versus just somehow finding ways to eat fewer calories chronically during the day it doesn't matter the the benefits come from restriction in energy intake. So I, I think, I think we should just need to get, there's just, there are these zealots out there. I could start naming and shaming. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Are we allowed to do that? We can, can we do that? Or are we start What are, the, what are they going to do? We don't sure. have any money to get sued. We're not making any money ever from this, are we? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. All right. Send your money too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but these, these guys are out. These are the, well, these are so, that I mean, just the, the one I, fast. I, I don't mind calling out a person who has no uh, expertise in obesity and diabetes and went down a different route into uh, nephrology and is a kidney doctor, but, but suddenly is making millions of dollars forcing oh. everyone to think you have to fast. I don't mind yeah, calling Jason that Fung. guy out. Let's just call it Jason Fung. So guys, <laughs> a nephrologist. Now, you know, I suppose he, he could be an, you could call him an obesity specialist yeah. if he's been doing this for a while. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, and I, and I should, I shouldn't be so such a, such a jerk about it because you can be any specialist and then go on and, and because obesity here, affects so many things, but yeah. he just doesn't have that background. So here's, here's, here's the things people like, but he's helped so many people. I've had patients go, I did what he said. And I lost a lot of weight. I'm like, yes, I agree. If you fast yeah, and you lower absolutely. your energy intake, but the problem is the way he frames it is that you have to do this. Yeah. I've also had people harmed by his uh, methods because they thought they were broken because they were fasting. Yeah. They're like, I don't understand. I can't lose weight. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not eating in between these other times. It's like, well, you're still getting way too much energy intake during that period of time. And then I have to f help them figure it out. 
Uh, so you know what? Do, the, do you the, remember me telling you a story about? I think maybe one of my patients with type one diabetes who ended up yeah, going and then into they DKA because yeah. yeah, or something. Well, that or um, I think he scared them away from taking their insulin because he, yeah, he blames he you know he blames everything on insulin and says yeah, the so only way you can guys. yeah and the only way you can fix insulin is by fasting. Now, don't get me wrong. Your insul if you have obesity and type two diabetes and you have high insulin uh, insulin resistance. It does go down with fasting. It goes down with caloric restriction. We see that in uh, bariatric surgery and uh, the sham sort of trials of that. Yeah, I mean, it's right it is part of it. But yes. Um, yes. you know, but but don't stop taking your insulin if you have type one diabetes, please. This also goes to yeah. our usual disclaimer: please don't make any medication changes until you talk to your physician. That's going to be our common yeah. theme. You're, you're going to see a lot of these zealots out there. You're listening to us, so you're probably not following any of the zealots, or you used to, and now you follow us. That's kind of how it works. But <laughs> you're going to see these people. There's so many. There's so many other ones that are just like him out there that are basically saying, "No, you have to fast. It's not the calories. It's like, no, it is the calories. It's all the energy. Fasting helps you shift yeah. those calories yeah. into a smaller amount of time, so you don't get that many overall. That's pretty much it. There may be some with circadian rhythms and chrono nutrition. Yeah, there may be some cherries on top of like. Hey, maybe we shouldn't eat our largest meal right before bed. There, there is biological plausibility with there. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't say I'm like saying that stuff doesn't matter that, but total energy yeah. balance probably matters the most. Yeah. There's probably a cherry on top though. Yeah. I think and, that's you reasonable. Know, and again, in the context of everything else, this is probably not the low hanging fruit. You know, we have people who still struggle with drinking sugary beverages. We have people eating out yeah. all the time, highly processed, refined foods. This is just one tool in the toolbox that can definitely help people stick to the energy uh, reduction in their diet. And maybe it has some other benefits in different ways, but they're not def definitively laid out in the data. The, the, yeah. the, the data are mixed. Um, so you don't have to do it by any means of the imagination. Um, other you know, people and, were asking about oh, go ahead. insulin, <clears throat> insulin, insulin sensitivity, blood sugars, Mm -hmm. Maybe gut health. We're not gastroenterologists, but um, uh, yeah, you know, I, we I, are physicians. I, but <laughs> we we get into that because because of this zealotry everywhere, just trying to make up stuff about different benefits of different <laughs> programs out there. But okay, so from an insulin sensitivity standpoint, is there a benefit? Does there seem to be a benefit beyond caloric restriction and and reduction of adiposity? Again, hard to really say based upon all the studies that there's anything beyond what a perfectly matched caloric uh, reduction would show. Now there there is a meta-analysis in type two diabetes recently published. Um, I'd have to dig into the details, look at all the studies. It suggested maybe there was a hint of a benefit, but again, they, it's hard for them to match perfectly. So, like you looked at, the, like this study we just talked about, there was about you know one and a half to two percent absolute uh, percent uh, appearing benefit of the the time restricted feed, but not statistically significant. Now, if you if we meta analyze all these. And they're not perfectly controlled. Remember, these people are free living. They're not in a metabolic ward with Kevin Hall. Right? Yeah. So, so if it truly is helping to do that, then they do have reduced energy intake. And it, there might be some of those other benefits. But absolutely controlled and matched head to head, I, I haven't been convinced by the studies yet. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's. What, you know, what, okay, maybe. so there, there was another study that just came out in the Journal of Obesity that yep. you posted that pretty much yep. very similar very similar results. We're just yeah. going to mention it here because yep. it just kind of goes along with this one that just came out too. 
Yeah, and this actually had more to do with the timing. So you talk about the circadian rhythms and when that window okay. of, of fasting could be. So um, quickly, they, they wanted to try uh, looking at early time-restricted eating, again, plus the caloric restriction. I think all these trialists have figured out, okay, so this is just a way to restrict calories. So now we're going to start trying to do both. Okay, so yes. kind of combining it because that, that is what is the one definitive thing we know. Um, so they did daily caloric restriction plus early time restricted feeding compared with the dietary uh, caloric restriction alone. And they also used a behavioral uh, weight loss uh, intervention with it. So they had uh, 81 patients, mostly women, around 38 years old. BMI was 34 kilograms per meter squared, um, where they were randomized to the uh, 10 hour eating window starting within three hours of waking. Okay, plus the, the caloric restriction um, or the caloric restriction alone, which was an attempt for a, a negative 35% um, compared to their, their baseline, I think. Um, the primary outcome, body weight measured at, at, this was only, this was a short one, 12 weeks. Um, ultimately, the, the weight loss was about the same um, between groups at week 12. Uh, it was, again, about five to 6% uh, body weight um, between the two. Um, then they checked again at, at week 39 and it was like four and a half to 5%. They got even closer. So as time went on, the, the groups uh, got together. And again, not statistically significant. There was no differences in body composition adherence, which is important, um, ultimately, which we're trying to do, energy intake, physical activity, hemoglobin A1C, the, our, one of our chronic measurements of average sugar levels, or lipids, which is cholesterol, um, when they check those at, at week 12. So thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to what we said. I, I, I think we just need to get, it's silly even arguing over this anymore. The mm -hmm. zealots are going to go by the wayside. I mean, they'll, they'll still convince people. And I think, again, I'm not saying fasting is a bad idea. I yeah. have patients that do it. I think you just need to know it's not magic. It's just yeah. a tool. That's it. If you, if you believe in magical thinking, you try to convince other people that there's magical stuff. You're going to do harm because there's going to be a lot of people that will fail it. And they're going to think, that they're broken. Yeah. So understand the principles, understand it's a tool and that's it. Look, yeah. Quit and it can be combined with any other dietary strategies that you need to do on a personal basis. It can be a part. I have, I actually, I don't know how much you do, but I have a lot of patients who do pretty well with more of this sort of time restricted feed. It, it really does help yeah. them in a more structured manner. So they say, Hey, look, I don't start eating till 10 AM. I stop eating at six. It really helps me. And they do okay with that. Um, I don't have a lot of people yeah. that do more of the real intermittent fasting where they fast for a day and stuff. I don't have a lot of people. I think if we did few. that, did, I, have you ever tried to do that? You? No, I've never, I've never done I've, it like that. I, I get hangry. That, well, that's okay. So that's what I was getting at. So anytime Spencer and I even come close to fasting, now we also don't have a lot of adiposity, right? So we don't have a lot of leptin and no. we probably get a lot of ghrelin or hunger hormone. <laughs> yeah, you have more adiposity than me. That's for damn sure. Um, Anyways, <laughs> um, but you know, we do, we get hangry. And so, you know, we, our families and our coworkers don't let us go very long, uh, without eating these days. We've no. uh, we're usually, time, we're pretty um, nice. We're, we're generally pretty nice until we, my, we go without food. Very nice. Too nice. Actually. I think we're too nice to, even to nurses and whatever that we, we work <laughs> with. And then sometimes we get taken advantage of because we're too nice because we're trying to be friendly. And then when we actually need something done and we start yelling, but this happened my first year as an attending, uh, trying to, you know, the drug reps would bring in meals and 
and they would always come on time. I'm like, all right, I need to get my food. Otherwise I'm going to be pissed here soon. <laughs> and they didn't show up for whatever reason. And I was like, okay, what, what's going on here? And and there was not, there was something so silly that the, the nurse, the nurse like didn't do something that I wanted her to do. And I was like, whoever it was, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember exactly who it was. <laughs> Sarah, it that's not her name. She's listening. Sarah, where is XYZ? I don't know what it was. It was some document or something. And she's like, oh, Dr. Spencer, it's it's uh, something. It's, I don't know where it is. And I and I blew up. And then after I ate, I was like, oh, sorry. I, I yelled at you. And she was like, you know, you're really angry when you're hungry. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. I can't wait to tell my brother and my wife. Because like, they always say, my wife's always like, don't worry about me please eat something. And I don't, don't even try to wait for me because if you wait and you become a jerk, it's just, it's not worth it. Just please eat. Yeah, that happened. We've had family yeah. trips. Oh, Either my brother gets hungry. Oh. He starts yelling. Then I'll start making fun of my brother and he'll start yelling at me or I'll get hungry. And then I start swearing yeah. at the family. And then Spencer ruins the vacation. Gets really bad. <laughs> Maybe so, one day. So everyone every, one day. Everyone knows this about us. And so I guess our other disclaimers, not only can intermittent fasting and time restricted feeding be a legitimate tool to help you out in your dietary efforts, but also be aware of your own um, mental health with it. Because if you get hangry because of the hormones that drive our appetite and hunger, um, yeah. and it causes issues, then it's probably not for you. So it's not really for us. I can do a little time restricted feeding, but I, but you know what? It's not true because, uh, cause I generally always have coffee and I usually put there, something in there. So it's not truly there will be people out there that there will be people out there that, that say it takes about one to two weeks. And I do agree. That's what my patients say. They say it yeah. takes one or two weeks. Then you get used to it. Then you won't become as hangry and that's possible. And you actually do see some appetite, uh, some of the, yeah. The ghrelin, leptin changes, uh, and uh, neuropeptide YY uh, uh, changes, um, or PYY uh, help, changes. Um, to help so sort maybe, of adapt to, to it. Maybe and... it hap happens after a couple of weeks. Yeah. So maybe. So you, you, if you do it, you might have to give it a couple of It's kind of like people talking um, about being keto adapted and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. So yeah. anyway, all right. Is, is there anything else we need to mention here? Well, we what else? You were talking about, about fatty the... liver. Well, so, else, fatty liver so, any, so uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, you know, again, and pretty much anything that's related to this, I, I'll go back to, it's still ultimately, while there may, maybe, now I haven't seen any studies that show this, and I did the whole systematic review for upcoming guidelines that are going to be published, uh, there was nothing to make us say, hey, everyone should be fasting for fatty liver health. It the bottom line for fatty liver, I can tell you with a very high degree of confidence because I had to do this systematically, is that it is the energy reduction and the weight loss, the fat yeah. loss that improves it. And and actually more than any type of fasting, um, if there's any other thing um, with dietary efforts, it's some of the dietary quality, you know, eating, eating, getting your fat from nuts and seeds and, and fish rather than saturated fats and things like that. No, not definitely Coconut not oil butter. And butter. No, definitely not that. Um, replacing those with nuts, seeds, high fiber, low carb uh, type of patterns, more vegetables, um, that sort we'll, of thing. We'll so. do a whole podcast probably on, on probably in a few weeks because I'll bet you. It to, I'll tell you that's that's that yeah. guidelines getting published uh, during our. Are they going to change the name to Metabolic Association? Not not, uh, not for this. Nah. No, not for this. Just because it's so ingrained. I think we mentioned it in there, but. Um, 
Honestly, I think it's semantics. Whatever. It I is. Really it care. is semantics. It's just people. Um, we have other semantics that we'll have to discuss. We could have a whole podcast on semantics of health on semantics. terms. Yeah. S- semantics about semantics. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about it for, for this podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, like, and comment, or uh, leave a review if you're enjoying this. And um, Don't leave a review if you're not media, enjoying if any- it, though. Yeah, if you're not, um, <laughs> go go hang out with Jason Fong and all those other <laughs> yeah. crazy people. Go have fun with the magical thinking. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye.